The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Yo, this one goes out to all you anxious attachers, all you you up texters, and kind of to that one guy who hits on everyone at the party till someone says, hey, dude, can you have a little bit of chill? <laughs> this is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, folks, this is like breaking news. I mean, I'm like, um, I don't know how many of you read or heard about that soul-crushing New York Times article about these free tube sites and the the, the problem they have with child porn and with non-consensual porn. I don't know if y'all knew this, but like, well, really up until right now, um, anyone can really upload anything to these free tube sites, Pornhub, Xhamster, RedTube, whatever. You can just upload it. Make an anonymous account, upload whatever the fuck you want. People can report stuff and stuff gets taken down by the limited amount of moderators the site has for its billions of views every month. And, the, and, and Pornhub had this big revenge porn problem that the New York Times highlighted. Um, for example, you know, you know, girl in high school sends a nude to her boyfriend. Boyfriend sends it to other dudes at the school. Someone uploads it to Pornhub. And even if that video is taken down, it keeps being re-uploaded because on some of these sites like Pornhub, you could download porn. You could download like not only could you watch free porn you could download it so you can continue to rewatch it for free and then you know if someone took down this like a child rape video someone else who had already downloaded it just re-uploads it and they didn't really seem to have a system i mean it seems simple how to fix that system and we'll get to that in a moment but like they had a limited amount of moderators for all the videos that get uploaded there and they, they there's no there's a verification system if you wanted to be but anyone could upload shit and uh, as of Tuesday, December 8th, uh, article on Vice comes out. In a huge policy shift, Pornhub bans unverified uploads. Huge. Three three big things that they announced, uh, that this Vice article, and I'll put a link to uh, in the show notes, both to the New York Times piece and to the Vice article. Um, major changes announced, announced. One, no more downloads. No more just downloading random porn for free. That's huge game changer for a lot of reasons it helps fix the the problem that was highlighted in the the times piece but like also you know you should pay for some of your porn right <laughs> it helps if you can't just download it all so they're banning the downloads they're going to restrict uploads to verified users because there are already verified users most of them are professional porn stars who upload content to Pornhub because they have like a, a a revenue sharing model 
there. And then in the new year, they're going to figure out a system or announce a system for like anyone to become verified. But for now, only verified users can upload and they're going to expand its moderation process. Huge deal. Uh, that's really exciting news. Uh, I was uh, thrilled to see that. So yay. Folks, this week on the podcast, I have got on Maya Diamond. She is a dating and relationship coach, uh, a somatic healer, and we whew, we did some energy work on Billy during this episode. This one's an emotional one for me, and I'm really, um, I'm just, I feel so blessed to share it with you. And I can't wait to get to it in a little bit. Uh, but first, I got some messages, some uh, emails, messages from a variety of platforms from you whoreheads. Wanted to share some of them. This first one comes from Lauren. Hi, I'm listening to your podcast with Lisa Selin Davis, uh, episode 359, everybody. Um, she writes, I wanted to message you because I am and always have been a tomboy. Most of my friends growing up were boys. In 4-H, I don't know what 4-H is, maybe fourth grade. In 4-H, I participated in everything from showing horses to cooking to small engines. I always helped my high school boyfriend work on cars. I rode four-wheelers in high school. When I was 18, I got a dirt bike and a sport bike. I did some motorcycle stunt riding and had a half-page picture in Super Street Bike doing a wheelie on my CRF-50 at Stunt Wars in Florida. I don't know what CRF50 is, people. Uh, I don't know if it's a typo or a brand of a thing, but cool. <laughs> I had a Harley Davidson 1200 Sportster and also would borrow my dad's Harley Road King at times. I do all my own work on my motorcycle and everything that I can on my Yukon XL. I can haul and back a trailer better than most men I know. And literally every time a man sees me back a trailer for the first time, they're surprised and tell me how they didn't expect that. While I love hobbies that are typically for boys, I love to dress like a girly girl. I always wear makeup and I have an addiction to cute high heel shoes. I was born a girl and I've always felt like a girl. I just happen to enjoy hobbies that are normally considered manly. I have two daughters, 13 and 11, that follow in my footsteps. I encourage them to be who they are and would never push gender norms on them. Love your podcast. Would like to talk more. Lauren. Oh, there is something hot about just seeing a woman in high heels and full makeup work on a car, a car that I don't know how it works. Ooh, boners. Uh, this next message actually came in on OnlyFans with a $5 tip. Hey there, man. I'm Rugburn. I'm a married, retired Air Force veteran, father of five boys, and I just happened upon your podcast at work while researching circumcision. I know it's a very random topic to think of at work. Yours popped up with the hookup who didn't circumcise her sons. He's referring to episode 174 with Sophia. The way that you two interacted and talked so frankly about the subject matter really drew me in and made me listen to more. This led to me wanting to put a face with the voice. Just curious to see what you look like and how you were able to hook up with all these random ladies. So I googled and thought to myself, okay. Not a bad looking dude. Started listening to more and more of your podcasts and found myself, strangely and unplanningly, developing an unofficial man crush on you. It's like you're me, but Caucasian with blue eyes. But seriously, I have the same thought patterns and approaches to sex that you have. I'm straight, for the most part, but extremely bicurious. This is something that I've suppressed and... 
I mean, he actually, there was no, um, he, the message got cut off. Apparently, <laughs> apparently he hit enter and then he typed the rest and then it deleted it. So I actually never knew what more he wanted to say, but I completed his sentence with, uh, and you're excited to quietly explore perving on a like-minded dude. And I, you know, what? I'm excited about it. I, I don't care who wants to throw money at me, you know, like I'm, I'm straight, but my wallet is incredibly bisexual. So any of y'all listening out there are always welcome to come slap me with your credit cards real hard in the face. Oh, love it. Rugburn, welcome to Fanhorn Nation. And uh, and this last one comes from uh, Dotted with Hearts. Dotted writes to me, um, sorry, I don't mean to pester you, and you've probably been asked this several times before, but did you ever hook up with a person after you record the podcast episode? Like, I mean, you turn the mic off and just fuck. I swear, there definitely sounds like there's sexual tension in there uh, with those girls. Uh, I've, I think I've answered this before, but yeah, that happens sometimes. Um, with with my ex-partners, sometimes you are tapping, we are tapping back into an energy that was already there, right? There was a chemistry we had. It's why we fooled around or hooked up in the first place, right? And and then we kind of get back into it and... And then sometimes I've hooked up with guests who I'm just meeting for the first time because, well, we all have heard the podcast. I try the best versions of the show are these like fairly intimate conversations. And when you're having intimate conversations with someone who's pretty and they think you're pretty and they have the audacity to make a very unprofessional move upon me, eh, you know. But I don't make first moves because that's incredibly unprofessional. And technically, the guests shouldn't be making the first move. But luckily for them, I'm consenting. I don't know how to deal with the rules there. But it's kind of comes with the territory when you're talking about sex for a living. But I hope that hope that sated some of your curiosity. Go ahead and just go listen back and then you can play a guessing game of like, did they fuck afterwards? Uh, and if you too want to send a you know a question, a comment, a criticism, you can send any and all of that over to manhorpod at gmail.com. All right. Uh wow, holy shit. It's only been up for like a week, but folks, the the champagne room, our Discord server, our new Discord server for the Fanhorn Nation is live and is popping. We have uh what do we got? I think we got already, you know, first week over 60 people in there. 60-plus like-minded, sex-positive individuals who just want to connect with some fellow weirdos, you know? Uh, right now, I think right now we're just having a little conversation of just like, who's wearing pants? Are we being pervy and sharing pictures? No, just curious. Uh, and we've uh, we've been doing questions of the day to start the conversations going like, have you ever tried a monogamous relationship? How did it go? <laughs> so uh, we're having some fun in there. We had our very first sexual achievement Sunday. Very lively, very active, having a lot of fun. And we would love for you all to join us um, on our brand new Discord server. If you don't know what Discord is, don't worry. I barely do either, but I am thoroughly enjoying it. It is nice to be on a platform uh, that does not try to censor and dictate what we can or can't post in our own private place. Uh, so that's dope to be like free from Zuckerberg's grasp. Uh, and just to celebrate the launching of the new server, I am going to be doing a giveaway. Yes, mm, let's give away some free shit. It is the holiday season after all. I'm going to be giving out 10 sticker packs to 10 random members of the Discord server at the end of the month. Because Man or Podcast, I don't know if y'all know this, we have a merch store. 
It's uh, located on the Manor Podcast Facebook fan page. So I've got I've got a lot of fun little stickers. We have a cool bumper sticker that says uh, "Honk if you're into consent." Makes driving very confusing. If we get up to 200 members, I'll do another 10 people giving away another 10 sticker packs. If we hit 300, I'll do another 10. So I'll just do, yeah. So I'll, I'll give away sticker packs to 10 random members of the server uh, for every 100 people in there by the end of the month. How's that? Good deal. Yeah. Uh, so go to, uh, click on the link in the show notes or go to manwhorepod.com slash discord. Join us. And if you're having trouble clicking that thumbs up sign, I'm promising you it works. If you're thinking like, is it me or is this thing broken? I promise it's you, it, it, but it's fine. You can message me. We'll get you set up. Hope to see y'all in the champagne room nice and soon, including uh, my shout out for this week's fan whore appreciation moment, Jessica M., who I don't really know anything about. All I know is that her Discord avatar is a possum. So it's like, you know what? Uh, thanks for being a member. Wish you wouldn't fuck up my trash bins every Sunday night. But uh, I'm glad you're part of the Fan Whore Nation. And you too can support the podcast and join our sex positive community and get all sorts of fun rewards when you become a member at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Man Whore Podcast. And now for this week's guest, Maya Diamond. Oh, yeah. This, wow, surprisingly deep episode for me. Uh, folks, Megan and I are fine. We are fine. But, uh, you know, we used to be like these daily, all-day texting people. And recently, over the last couple of months, Megan's kind of like pulled back. Like she's she's trying to work more and play on her phone less. Which means like our texting is a little less regular than it was, which is fine in and of itself. It's just an adjustment for me. And then, uh, and then I all of a sudden find myself with kind of, I'm like, oh, she hasn't texted back. But I'm like, Billy, stop being a crazy person. But there's still a part of me going, oh, I don't know, man. Maybe that means something. And so it was really nice to be able to uh, do some work with Maya on that, as well as learn more about attachment theory and where that comes from. So I think y'all are really going to love this one. Uh, there is a, a later in the episode, we do like um, an exercise and it involves tapping on various parts of my body. I can't really edit it out. So if you find that annoying, uh, sorry, not sorry, but just know that that sound is me tapping on various parts of my body at her instruction. No, not that part of the body. It's not that kind of somatic healing. <laughs> All right, let's go chat with Maya Diamond. Tis the season to be slutty. Fa la 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 la. Pay for your porn. Uh, folks, have you been uh, marking off your hotmovies.com advent calendar? Hope you have, because I, I just got a notification saying, Congratulations. I unlocked on December 8th, uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous, a free 14-day rental that has been added to my account. So now I know I get to watch this uh, this porno for free, guilt-free as well, uh, so long as it's within the next 14 days. That's fabulous, because HotMovies.com, you know, it's both an affordable and ethical way to hashtag pay for some of your porn. You know the message, you know what I'm going to say here, and right now, you can guilt-free get a whole bunch of free porn. Free porn sanctioned by HotMovies.com because they've got this daily advent calendar. You just go check in every day leading up to Christmas Day and you get to unlock some free goodies. Sometimes you're going to get free minutes. Sometimes it's a free movie. Sometimes it's a free rental. 
What we're saying is <laughs> you can get a bunch of free porn from hotmovies.com just this month, guilt-free. You don't have to feel bad about not paying for it. Someone got paid down the pipeline for it. You're good. And on top of that, if that's not enough free porn for you folks, you're going to get 20 extra minutes on top of any package you sign up for, including the free trial, when you use promo code MANHOR at hotmovies.com. Now I got to go watch uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous. You know, I really hope that the protagonist by the end of it gets the help that he or she really needs. The Manhor Podcast is excited to be sponsored by altplayground.net the site to go for your next non-monogamous adventure. And yeah, folks, it's, it is the season. It's the season to be naughty and Holly and Jolly. Um, Holly and Jolly, they're both really hot. They're twins, but they play together. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, folks, if you need a break from the holiday stress, hop on over to altplayground.net, poke around and meet some new people. Community is still incredibly important. And, you know, it may not feel safe to make a lot of in-person connections, but APG wants to facilitate all the virtual fun you can have between the big wall, awesome entertainment from over 20 sex positive podcasts and fun features like, you know, video chatting. There are just all sorts of ways to decompress and get back into a sensual mindset. If you match with someone on Tinder and you were like, hey, you're hot, want a cam? Inappropriate question. You'll probably get banned. Uh, APG, very appropriate question to ask. I would recommend a little more tact, maybe try to get a few get to know you questions in and then be like, oh, you know, hey, I'm, you're really hot. I'm feeling things. You want to want to pop on cam and APG will facilitate that right there on the platform because they know uh, that just because we can't have the swinging parties in person doesn't mean we can't have swinging parties online. Get ready for your next non-monogamous adventure at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Now let's get to the show. Your, your publicist reached out to me at like the perfect time in my life for me to say, uh, yeah, I, you know, if she's OK helping me more than I interview her, I think then, yes, let's do it because Billy's struggling. <laughs> We've got uh, it. We've got a deal. Awesome. So you are a uh, and tell me if I get your titles wrong, but a relationship coach. Um, yeah. Dating, relationship and sex coach. Actually, I have um, competency and work with clients on all of that. So and how, the long, whole how thing. long have you been doing that for? Um, I've been a dating and relationship coach for the last 13 years. And then for the last, and then I have been studying deeply studying sexuality for the last, um, you know, yeah, probably five years, but then just recently got certified in that as well. Oh, fantastic. With, uh, ASECT? Uh, no, with Jaya. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was like halfway through the career. Did you think, oh, there's not enough like sex in this? Like I need to, I need to add on to the practice. Yeah. I mean, it's always been one of, one of my greatest interests and passions. I would say I, I love talking about sex. I could talk oh, about sex too. all day long. <laughs> and so, uh, it was just like a, yeah, a burning desire to be able to really go deeper in terms of helping people with that. So that's why I did the coach certification. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Was there anything in like learning about like reading up on sexuality that surprised you where you were like, I thought I knew about sex. I didn't know about this. Oh, yeah. I've learned a lot in the last year. I can't even tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I got my my whole brain expanded a lot around um, kink. Yeah. I, I I had all, I had definitely some judgments around kink that are no longer there at all. 
Oh, that's so cool to hear. Is there anything in particular uh, that, that you were, you had to kind of come around on? Yeah. Um, I thought that, you know, people who were attracted to kink, you know, usually had like some kind of history of abuse or whatever, and that that's why they were drawn to it. But little did I know that in my opinion, <laughs> everyone in our culture has experienced the feeling of you know, authority over. And so pretty much, you know, you can be super into kink and have, you know, no abuse in your history, mm. um, but really be attracted to the taboo, the shadow, power dynamics, all of that stuff. And so it really has no, you know, kink, a lot of the people, a lot of people who are highest in that um, erotic, we call it erotic blueprint, they, uh, you know, have a lot of shame around that, around being really kinky. And so I just think it's, there's no reason to have any shame. It's totally amazing. And it's one of the, you know, it's such a transformational healing, um, also kind of, um, inspirational. Like you can go into different states of consciousness in kink that, um, you can't go into another, you know, so, there's just so it's such a creative form of sexuality that and there shouldn't be any shame around it. And so I think I definitely had judgment and shame around that. Was, was there a moment where you kind of like were, felt taken aback and was like, wow, I have had this all wrong. Like, what was that? What's that like? Because we love to think as humans, we like to be like, I'm right. I know what I'm talking about. My opinion, it's basically fact. But to, to it, I think it shows um, incredible humility when you have like a really strong opinion on something to go. Yeah. Wow, maybe I'm wrong on this. You know, me, I yeah. used to fucking I used to really rail on demisexuals, man. Let me tell you, uh, I had yeah, yeah, beef. And then I'm like, you know, and then it, it, it's a lot of conversations. And luckily, I, I get to have conversations like this for a living. So, you know, over time, over years, I go like, okay, you know, and then, uh, oh, you know, someone makes a point. I go, oh, I didn't see it that way. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, it's easy. Yeah, I mean, that's such a great topic, which is like, what are the things that we have the most judgment on? And usually they're the things, yeah, that maybe we don't relate to as much, right? Like, for example, I know we're here to talk about attachment theory, attachment styles. And, you know, I have the lowest in my attachment kind of um, map, I have the lowest in avoidant attachment. And so that's the easiest for me to have judgment around because it, I don't relate to it as much. But then the, so, sometimes I do. If I'm in a relationship with someone super anxious, I can go super avoidant. Mm. So, um, but yeah, that's a great, that's such an interesting thing is, you know, these judgments that we have. And I think it's so important to have awareness around what these judgments are. So we don't aren't ruled by them and aren't constantly, you know, criticizing ourselves and others with these yeah. judgments. I mean, like me, you know, I'm, you know, as a, as a comedian, like I'm, I'm professionally supposed to judge people in, in fun, uh, soft ways, but it's like, you know, that's gotta be, um, you've got to re be really self-aware. I feel like to yeah. be a, a really a dating coach, relationship coach, a sex coach, and um, try to always be like, am I being biased in like this advice that I'm giving? Am yes. I receiving this person's issues through, yeah. you know, my, my lens or am I, you know, how, you know, to become objective in that stuff seems really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I got, I got first, my first training was getting my master's in somatic psychology, which is 
mind-body psychotherapy. So I'm a licensed therapist as well as being a coach and a healer. And so that the whole program, all of those three years were all about becoming self-aware of those biases and thoughts and beliefs and judgments as you're sitting with a client. And so it's a huge amount of training to be able to, it's, it's really about mindfulness. Exactly. Like really watching those thoughts and, and noticing like, okay, where, where am I going to go next with this person mm-hmm. based on what they're saying, how they're feeling and what they're needing. So my whole work is really tuning into this other person to help them get what mm-hmm. they desire. I think, and I know I've, I have not experienced this as much, but I've heard so many people, um, feel this way where they're worried about their therapist that, you know, maybe they're going to go see a new therapist Mm -hmm. and they're worried about them being judgmental. I think one of the most Uh, common questions I get over the, over the years is how do I find a sex positive therapist or a queer inclusive therapist, a kink friendly therapist, Mm -hmm. someone who uh, maybe won't see the polyamory as like a symptom of something automatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a worry like, is this therapist going to truly try to see me? Yes. Or they're going to think I'm broken. Do you think that's a fair uh, fear to have? Yes, I do. I think it's very fair because most psychology programs give zero sexuality education or maybe like a two hour or four hour or a six hour. And so a lot of therapists do not have you know, deep training around sexuality, nor do they have deep training around polyamory. I've been in, you know, I'm monogamous, but I've been living in the Bay Area for over 13 years. And so I know so much about polyamory because at least half of my friends in the Bay Area are polyamorous. And I love my polyamory. And the other half, they're not poly yet. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, in my erotic blueprint coaching community, about half are polyamorous. And so um, I think when you're around the culture, you understand exactly that, you know, some people may be using it to avoid intimacy, 100%. I've seen that over and over again. And a lot of people are exactly truly polyamorous. And so that's really their truth. And that's what's going to help them feel the most living their authentic truth. And so I think it's really knowing yourself and what your needs are and not doing it because it's the trendy thing to do, doing it because it's actually what you deeply need and desire. For me, I'm deeply monogamous. Being polyamorous would be completely against all of my, um, it, it would be not being um, in alignment with my truth. So, yeah. Basically, it sounds like you're saying, uh, hey, your therapist might be sexually fucked up themselves and they only got like half a day in school about this. So, you know, the the, the cause for concern is fair. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really good, you know, to, there are obviously lots of therapists who are sex positive, who are, know about polyamory, but, and this is, you know, true, I would say for LGBTQ people as well. It's like, asking the questions so that you know, is this person going to be culturally sensitive to your culture or not? Mm -hmm. And if they don't, you know, if they don't have that facility, then maybe looking for someone who really understands deeply and can really support you because exactly. And Paul, you know, just, I would say monogamy and polyamory, you want to have agreements with your partner. You want to have healthy communication with your partner. You want to have boundaries 
you know, you want to, all these things, that's the, the interesting thing about relationships is there's a lot that applies to both, right? It's like all about human interaction. And so it's actually pretty similar, but yeah, you want someone who's not going to pathologize your lifestyle choice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm only just now trusting that like, uh, my, my therapist who I've been seeing for a couple of years now, you know, that he doesn't do that. Cause sometimes he will push on like the lifestyle stuff. And he always has to be like, Billy, we're not saying that the way you live your life is bad. We're just concerned that if you go to sex parties, when you're feeling bad about your body, that that might be an mm. environment you're going to feel worse. And then yeah. I'll be like, Hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah yeah well yeah. you know you, you said in relationships uh, communication is important boundaries are important and currently yeah. i feel like my relationship is going through a little bit of a shift yeah in boundaries and communication uh i think the pandemic is definitely having an effect on on my girlfriend and myself yeah. uh separately and together but yeah uh, i am noticing and i gave you a little prepper before we got started i have been thinking about attachment theory Yes. A lot. Uh, yeah. Would you care to introduce my listeners who might not be aware? What is attachment theory? Maybe give us a rundown of some of the the basic attachment theory uh, options yeah. that are out there. Say, Perfect. if we had taken a BuzzFeed news quiz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is one of my most favorite topics. I'm an expert in attachment theory as well as how to heal your attachment style. Um, and there's four main attachment styles. And the attachment styles are how we are organized around relating. And so our attachment style is based on the way that our parent or primary caregiver treated us growing up, as well as their attachment style, what they were role modeling and what their nervous system was role modeling to us, as well as our biology and our DNA and as well as all of our relationships after that primary caregiver, you know, relationship, our romantic relationship. So all of that forms our attachment style. But the basis is really one of the biggest things is the way that we were attended to, connected with, felt, seen, heard growing up or not. Maybe there was neglect. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe there was lots of chaos in the household. And so the four styles are secure, which is someone who's in, in your, so there's an attachment style for each individual person. And then there's an attachment style for the relationship. So a relationship is either secure or insecure. And then the four different attachment styles that a person can have are number one, secure, which is someone who's consistent, reliable, loving, comfortable sharing their needs and feelings, comfortable receiving feedback, comfortable, you know, is able to have boundaries, is able to walk away from a relationship when it's unhealthy, um, and believes that there's more than enough love to go around. The next style is, uh, anxious, which is someone who maybe had, <laughs> um, maybe had, um, an abandonment early on growing up, or maybe, Growing up, the person uh, didn't have enough of the consistent, reliable, and loving caregiving. And so they were always kind of tracking their nervous system kind of got onto high alert and start had to track for when is my, they didn't know when, when is my parent or primary caregiver going to give me love? And so their nervous system was always kind of 
wondering why. And so that's when why are they co- when's mom coming back home? Yes. When's mom coming back home? Exactly. When am I going to get that love and care and attention? And so there's a little bit of a hyper arousal. We call it a hyper aroused nervous system with the anxious. And so then when you're in relationship, you may be more preoccupied with the relationship. You may fear that the per- partner is going to leave. You may, you know, over text or over kind of it's almost like a leaning in with the anxious. It's like, in my opinion, the secure is like in themselves and in their own nervous system, but then also can co-regulate, meaning they can help the other person feel calm and loved. Um, but they're not leaning too far in and they're not leaning too far back. With the avoidant, the next style, the avoidant's more leaning back. They're a little bit withdrawn the avoidant had the parent or caregiver that was either very engulfing, so they felt like they couldn't really have their own personality and have a relationship. And so their parent was either engulfing or very neglectful, one of the two. And so they had to really shut down. So they have a hypo arousal system in their nervous system, meaning they're shut down, they're numb. And they have a disconnection with their own needs and feelings. So then when someone else has needs and feelings, it's hard for them to really honor those because they don't have a lot of connection with needs and feelings. They're the kind of person who might go like, it's okay. I don't care that like they're not here. Yeah. It's fine. I'll yeah. be okay. Like yeah. they're almost better alone, like away from the person. Yeah. And and they're very happy being, they might want to be in a relationship, but it might be more like we're both in the same house, but we're not talking. Like that's kind of an, a, a really comfortable space for an avoidant to be in. That like, one's so tough for me because if we're in the same, I'm like my mom. It's like, if we're in the same room, like why aren't we talking? Right. Uh, like if right. I didn't want to talk to you, I'd go to a different room. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's, yeah, it's very different. And then the disorganized is when um, there was chaos in the household, maybe abuse between the parents or abuse to the child. And so you grow up with a feeling, so there's a push and pull inside your nervous system, feeling like you really want love, but at the same time, it's really fear, very, very scary. So it's almost anxious and avoidant together is disorganized. So there's a lot of push and pull in relationships and you may like really kind of be harsh to push away your partner because the intimacy is so scary. Sometimes it feels like life or death with intimacy because you've experienced that growing up. So in other words, your primary caregiver was a source of panic and fear. So it's really important if, you know, for all the insecure attacks, so the insecure rubric is avoidant, anxious, and disorganized. For all of those, it's really important to do work to heal so that you can be more secure. And that's the good news is that everyone can become more securely attached. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question was the good news part is that (laughs) it's from what I've heard so far is that uh, no, no one's attachment style is like permanent Mm -mm. and that it also can change so it's okay if you've always been secure and all all i wouldn't say i've always been like secure but i've been like somewhat healthy and i've noticed recently i've gotten like way more anxious attachment Uh, style than i normally would yeah uh, which is why you know i've been thinking about that Uh, yeah part of me is is 
curious about what Megan would identify her attachment style yeah. as. But yeah. um, it's certainly not anxious because uh, I can be I can be quite extra as a boyfriend sometimes, and uh, <laughs> I'm nervous about pushing her away with that. You were saying before how like you can be a little bit more avoidant, and I was like, yeah, we could never date. I would annoy the piss out of you. <laughs> Because you'd be like, why is he fucking texting me? And I'd be like, because I'm your boyfriend. And you'd be like, yeah, but like, go have a life. Um, so, so it, it, and that's that's why I was excited to talk to you because uh, I'm now that I've, I feel like I'm starting to get informed on it. I um, would like to try to learn some steps on how to, yeah, uh, change my try to get back to a secure attachment style. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. right now I know how to do some basic fix, like band aid fixes, like. Okay, uh, like try not. Okay, I just texted this time. I know she's at like uh, hanging out with a friend. Don't text her while she's hanging out with the friend. It, it it doesn't make me feel better, but like I can at least not do it. Exactly. And I want to get to the point where like I can feel fine not doing it. You know. Right. And that's the <laughs> I'm thing what you would call it. I'm what you would call a needy bitch, Maya. That's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's its own style, but. Uh, I guess you're very, you very I, much own, own your, yourself, which is, that's more secure just to let you know. So the fact I that you, you kind of are just open with who you are and are willing to talk about it is very secure in my opinion and but confident. The, but the frustrating part of that is that, uh, if I don't change, then it's just really annoying to hear me be self-aware and do nothing about right. it. Totally, totally. <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of like noted. Okay. Like really getting clear on what are my symptoms of anxious attachment? Is it that I feel like I need a lot of reassurance? Is it that I feel like I am always afraid that my partner is going to leave? Is it that I have a lot of jealousy? Is it that I um, totally self-abandon? That's one thing that anxious attachers do is they become codependent once they get attached, they can become codependent and always focus on the other person's needs and abandon their own needs. So getting clear on what are the things, you know, Fuck, what I'm are codependent too? <laughs> shit. Sorry. We got um, a lot of work to do. Yes. I don't know what your schedule is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a program for men. We would love to have you in it. So, um, but I know, I know there's, you're probably already doing a lot of work. Um, but anyways, so yeah, it's, you know, those those are the symptoms of the anxious. And then going into the deep, deep root cause is to me the most powerful part. Because usually for the anxious, there's parts of yourself that didn't get that love, attention, care, attunement, presence that you needed as a child. And so the more that we give those parts of you that, that love, attention, presence, care, attunement, the more that those parts feel more secure. So, so I've created, you know, specific ways to do that, that I work with, with my clients. Um, in terms of the, I'll just give you like a little tip around the reassurance piece that I think is really key is like, you know, yeah, talking to yourself and saying like, wow, I'm noticing I'm needing reassurance from my partner. A, how can I give that reassurance to myself? And try to do that, which might be sharing to yourself what you want to hear from your partner. Like, wow, you're really amazing. I love you. You're great. Um, you know, I never said those sentences to myself. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, you're, you're super important and valuable to me. You know, sharing, putting your hand on your heart 
and giving yourself that reassurance. Like I really care and love you and you are so important to me and I'm not going anywhere. So even having that, like as a just easily saying that to yourself is so powerful. And then also it's also secure to be able to share with your partner. I'm noticing I'm needing a little reassurance. Can you share with me, you know, two things that you love about me? And I think it's exactly what I asked Megan to do. I was like, (laughs) yeah, last night she like, we finished watching a movie. I'm rubbing her back a little bit. And she's like, Ooh, can we maybe go in and have some like oil and massage? I was like, (laughs) I'll do that. If while I'm massaging you, you tell me things you love about me. Yeah. I need to hear it. Beautiful. That's great. I think that's fantastic that you said that. And that, you know, ideally, being with a partner who can be able to share, oh my God, you're so amazing. I love how you massage me. I love how cute you are. I love, you know, and I think, you know, again, what, where it becomes a pro, I think the thing that I help my, one of the things I help my clients with the most is that it can, if you're too far on the extreme, if someone's super anxious and super avoidant, then it can be hard to really have that It can be hard, for example, for an avoidant to give reassurance because Mm -hmm. it's triggering for them, or it can be hard for the anxious to reassure themselves if they're for, you know, so we want to, the more we can come towards the middle of that secure attachment, yes, Mm -hmm. I can give you this, no problem. Um, And I can also give it to myself, no problem. And so the more we can do both that's the healthiest thing in my opinion. And sometimes people are really good at giving them to themselves, like self-regulating. That's more on the avoidant. They're very, they are experts. We should all get, you know, experts at self, you know, taking care of themselves. They're much better than anxious at taking care of themselves and self-regulating. And so, but then they need to learn from the anxious how to be more, you know, reaching forward, reaching towards the person, right? And so again, we want to come to the middle and be able to reach towards our partner and say, I love you. I need you. This is what I need. This is what I love. This is what I love about you. This is, you know, great. And then also to be able to calm ourselves down and self-regulate. And so that's something for you, Billy, that I think would be really powerful is learning more around self-regulation and, you know, some, just another tip around that, like one of the biggest ways that we can self-regulate both in terms of our actions, because sometimes the anxious wants to do something really acting out, right? Like pushing the partner away or yelling at the partner if they're feeling really angry or triggered or, you know, doing something kind of acting out. And so when we do one thing, is that to try to get someone to like, then give the thing to, you know, like acting out so that they'll say, no, but baby, I love you. Is that like, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so, and it's also just acting out of that energy. There's that energy inside that wants to be met. And so it's kind of, it's kind of like when we throw up, it's like, we kind of put that energy out And so instead, it's like, wait a second, we need to self-regulate. And so meditation is something that I have my clients do that helps us 
be able to learn how to calm and soothe our nervous system, but also how to notice, again, the mindfulness. Wow, I'm feeling really scared. My partner is, it's 1130 and I haven't heard from them and they're still not home. And I know they were out with a coworker. Like I'm really feeling really scared and I need to, you know, chat with them. That would you help really me need feel to stop hacking down. into my journal, by the way. You're, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so what are my options here? I can self-regulate. I can let them know how I'm feeling in a vulnerable way and share what I need. I can, you know, take a walk. I can meditate. I can, you know, do different things to help myself calm down. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that you said that acting out can also be a form of trying to connect. I think back to when I was, I got bullied mercilessly as a kid. We'll oh, skip wow. The, the, yeah, real bad. We'll skip most of the backstory. But like yeah. when, uh, when when I say I got bullied, just know, just assume it was more than when everyone says they got a little bullied. Like I didn't really have friends. And so yeah. I noticed um, mm, maybe wow. in, in part. So yeah. So in like retroactively, I think I've, I've noticed like, oh, I would do some shit at school that was would be either embarrassing or kind of like weird just mm. so that someone would react period so it's like yeah. almost like at some sometimes i would almost seek out getting bullied cuz at least yeah. the kids are interacting with me right totally totally yeah i mean i think that makes sense like just um just you know you seem like an extroverted person and you seem like you like social contact and so that also makes sense in terms of you know, your needs for connecting in community and that that was something that you really wanted to do. And yeah. just, and so, but because you bring up the bullying, I want to just speak to it because it's really common in the people that I work with as well. And that is, that is a total form of attachment wounding, right? So growing up, all of the people that your friends, you know, the, all the potential friends or potential friends in that age range or that group, that those years that you were in school, which t- those are also friends are also a, kind of like an attachment. We're attached to our friends, right? Those people you didn't feel like you could really rely on. In fact, it was the opposite. They were mean. And so that's also there's parts, that's a big place for deep trauma healing because those parts of you and all the people that are listening that have been bullied because it's really common, those parts of you, you know, of course are going to feel insecure, feel shameful, feel, you know, all those things that the, that the bullies, you know, made you feel. And so it's really powerful to get healing work around that now part of the work I do is we go back into the memories and we heal those memories so that in the psyche and in the nervous system, those pieces are healed instead of still kind of going in loops in your psyche. And, you know, and I want to get to the healing in a little bit, uh, of course, but, you know, when someone, a, a new client comes in, is it quick and easy for you to figure out their attachment style or styles mm-hmm. or, you know, like, what's that process? Like, what kind of, what are you asking in a session mm-hmm. to kind of figure out like where this person's at? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been doing this work for a long time. It's pretty easy based on, I'm listening to a, um, their, uh, their patterns in relationship, B, 
are they the one that's usually wanting more or wanting less contact with their partner? Um, and how safe do they feel in a relationship? Do they feel calm and relaxed or do they feel, you know, really anxious or do they feel, yeah, worried that their partner is going to leave? Um, and then, you know, what is their childhood history? So that's one of the biggest things that I'm looking at, you know, was their, was their mom really engulfing and, you know, controlling, and they didn't really, didn't allow them to really have their own sense of self or, you know, did their dad leave when they were two, you know, but then each person has their own responses to those. That's the, what I love about doing this work is everyone is so different in a little different subtle ways, right? So there's always these differences in terms of how one responds to the way that their parents treated them. Mm -hmm. And and what's your attachment style? Um, so yeah, I'm mostly secure currently. And of course it's changing every day because I continue. It's okay if you're not. I, I know it's uh, professionally good to oh. display. Hey, I'm secure. No, I, I'm, not I'm, secure. <laughs> I'm not 100% secure. I'm not 100% secure. I'm just saying that I still work on this stuff. So it's changing every day. So, but yeah, I'm mostly secure with, with um, a little bit of disorganized and then a little bit more of anxious and like hardly any avoidant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when you were talking about the, uh, what are the other relationships? Like I, I was thinking to fuck, uh, I don't know if uh, if you know this, but so the, the premise of this podcast originally in the very beginning was I started, a sh I, I would have this problem where women would sleep with me, but they wouldn't date me. So I wanted to find out why, ultimately. I was like, oh, that's I the always... name Manhorn. That makes so much sense. <laughs> yep. Like, I always wanted things to get... Like, whenever I wanted it to escalate to being like a romantic relationship, yeah. women always told me, no, 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 we just want to keep it cash. Yeah. But they also wouldn't break things off. Because sometimes when that conversation happens, it ends up like stopping stuff. But the women yeah. would be like... Oh, no, 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 no. You get back to this bed and do that thing that I like, but just keep the nice lovey-dovey words to yourself. And, oh, wow. See. And so then I started this podcast where I would I talked to women I've hooked up with about why we didn't work out. Oh, and that's awesome. I'm thinking, fuck, I've been anxious attached this entire time. Uh, I've always wanted – I've always been the one who, like, wanted more. Yeah. Really yeah. Annoying. And you probably, because you're more anxious, you probably have been with a lot of avoidance because anxious and avoidant kind of are magnet, magnets They're to each so other. so mysterious and hot. It's just right. hard. Right. Exactly. It's, hard to stay it's away. very seductive. <laughs> if someone's more on the anxious side, then they're going to be more attracted to people more on the avoidant side because it's kind of this opposites attract magnetic pull, similar to. Carrie and Big on Sex and the City. They're the perfect example of an That's anxious, a, that avoidant couple. That is a couple. reference that I'm sure some of my listeners understand. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're uh, in that, you're in New York City, so of course. I, I was more of a Sopranos watcher than oh, okay. a Sex and the City watcher. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> but I'm aware that those two people are characters from a show. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Wait, but so if avoidant and anxious typically attract, uh, obviously yeah. not always, but then like, who the hell's dating the disorganized people? What what's up with them? <laughs> well, every, I mean, everyone's dating those people, uh, disorganized as well. It's just that it's just very common, you know, an anxious, I, I'll see an anxious person with a disorganized or a secure person with a disorganized. It's all, all the combinations exist, mm. but it's more common for an anxious and avoidant to be together than, for example, an avoidant and an avoidant. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and, but yeah, you'll see, yeah. Disorganized art with all types. There's not like a common one there, I would say. And that I see. You know, it sounds like with the healing that you 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 work with people on, because like one of the few things I ended up, you know, I, I wrote down on here while we were chatting was, uh, you know, can avoidant and anxious attachment styles go together, or do they really need to work both of their ways towards secure to to for the relationship to continue? Yeah, for the relationship to work, both the anxious and the avoidant need to be a hundred percent committed and willing to work on their part and to owning their part mm-hmm. and to working on it together and alone. If so one person ha- is not willing to do that, it's probably not going to work. And mm-hmm. one th- and if one person isn't willing to own their stuff, like, wow, I am, you know, really afraid of intimacy and it is really overwhelming to me. And I do use these distancing strategies to push people away because my mom was really engulfing and it's really overwhelming when someone gets too close. If you can do that, what I just did, then you're, and not just say it, but actually mean it, then you're like so much more halfway there. You have the self-awareness. You're willing to look at your stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I find that's important, I guess, I just want to encourage all the attachment styles who are listening to really be willing to do that, to own your fears in relationship, whether they're, I'm afraid of getting overwhelmed and I'm afraid you're going to take away my freedom. And I'm afraid, um, that you're going to want too much for me. And yes, that is my avoidant parts of me. Cause I have these other parts that really want intimacy. If you can really own it and identify it, then it's, we're able to work with it in, in the you know, coaching relationship. But if you're not willing to own it and identify it, it's much harder for you to get any traction in terms of, you know, healing these parts of you that might actually be pushing the love away that you really deeply desire. Mm -hmm. And so in an effort to uh, own my stuff, I am not going to ask about the healing of the other attachment styles. (laughs) Uh, I'll be like, you know, Megan, someone... (laughs) They they can ask you about that. Uh, Great, on their own. So, that's very so non codependent of you. <laughs> yeah. So what is like? How do how does one begin? How do we begin the healing? Um, and if we can heal me in twenty minutes, fuck that, be sick. Uh, how, what what is some for the anxious attachment style? What are some parts of that healing? We've already talked about doing some of that stuff for yourself, self regulation, the self regulation. But that sounds like uh, like uh, pragmatic steps. What are, what, how do we work on the actual healing? Well, I can do a little bit of a deep dive around this. So one of the main modalities that I use is a trauma healing modality called EFT, which is emotional freedom techniques. And what I do is I tap on the endpoints of the Chinese meridian system while opening up the file folders of the brain, which heals the traumatic memories, the negative beliefs the negative stories. And what it does is then it reorganizes the whole nervous system, reorganizes the beliefs so that you, you know, whatever it is, so that those fears, whether it's the fear of engulfment or the fear of abandonment or whatever the fear is, so that they really dissipate. And I can, you know, this every day, I see miracles with my clients. So for example, a client that's, you know, afraid of opening up 
so that she could have deeper intimacy with her partner, we do some tapping around the fears and we go deep, deep into the childhood memories of where those fears are coming from. Because all of our negative beliefs and fears and negative thoughts, they're usually connected to an earlier time in our childhood where we experienced something that really was really scary around that, right? Or that really was really shameful or really was, you know, really attacking or abusing or all this stuff, right? For example, if you've been abused in childhood, there might be a real fear and maybe you had an abusive relationship. There might be a fear of falling in love again because then you may um, be afraid that someone's going to abuse you again. That is you know, or, you know, for example, I have a lot of clients who've been divorced and exactly have been in abusive relationships. And so it's really scary to open their heart again. Mm -hmm. So we have to do that deeper somatic healing work. In other words, with the tapping, we really connect in with what are the feelings? What are the sensations? What are the beliefs? What are the memories that are attached to this whole um, challenge that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, let's say we were in a session, like what's, what would be like an, what would that kind of look like? What might be something you might try to go tap? How would you, we can, we can do like a five minute tapping if you want to do some healing work with me or five to 10 minutes. Yeah, I would love to do that. (laughs) Okay. So based on what you told me about the bullying stuff, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be cool to do a little bit of tapping around that, which would also probably be helpful for people listening because they can tap along with us. But let's just take a moment. I want you to close your eyes. I want to ask a couple of questions. (sighs) When you think about the bullying, I'm curious, like, what do you think? Or actually, I'll ask it a different way. What is the main kind of anxious attachment symptom that's coming up for you right now where you're fear of, or you're wanting to text or what is the main thing happening? I am fearful that my girlfriend doesn't love me despite her saying so. Perfect. Okay, great. Is she going to be listening to this later? Does she listen to these podcasts? (laughs) So in the beginning of dating, something we've been over is that like, I'll never share stuff um, about her. that she does that we haven't already talked about Perfect. so it's like if Perfect. we talk about it and you don't want it to be on a podcast it's on her to tell me okay totally i don't want that on a podcast so it, it totally. she already knows that these have been concerns so if she didn't want that on a show she would by now tell me hey let's not talk about that you're nervous about this thing on the totally. podcast and then i'd be like okay yeah so th- th- just the idea of like she should never be surprised that about something being on the show in as much as she should have already known it exists. Awesome. That's great. You guys yeah. have that agreement. Yeah. So the fear is fear of her falling out of in- uh, love with you, even though she says that she is in love with you. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, great. This is perfect. So um, Am I still having my eyes closed. No. So I want you to, you can open them now and I want you to just tap on the karate chop point as we're talking. So just tapping, sorry, it's going to be a little bit of a sound in our listeners. Um, actually, you know what, since you're holding the mic, I want you to tap on your chest with one hand and hold the mic with the other. That's perfect. So just tap on your chest. Okay, good. And then, um, where do you feel that the most in your body when you 
think about that fear? Where in your body do you feel it the most? My shoulders. Great. And I want you to close your eyes. And when you think about that fear of her falling out of love with you, what are the negative feelings? Fear, any other feelings? Uh, embarrassment. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what to call it, but feeling like a fool. Okay, great. Uh, like thinking something is that isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those are the main ones. Great. I, I, I think I don't think it's loneliness because we because of what happened back in the summer is like I've already come to terms with like if the relationship ended I've already kind of mourned it because and then I'm good so yeah. but like I, I wouldn't be thrilled but like I don't think I would be traumatized in the way like breakups can sometimes be totally but, like I am nervous about like putting in time and feeling embarrassed that like I thought she felt this way and maybe she's just been holding it in the whole time and then one day she says actually I didn't even this I'm not even yeah okay perfect so I want you to close your eyes as you're tapping on your chest and you can either tell me the memory or you can just not tell me whatever you feel comfortable is fine but I want you to think about What's your earliest memory of feeling these same, as far back as you can remember, of feeling these same kind of feelings? Mm-hmm. Fear, embarrassment, feeling like a fool. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's grade school. It's yeah. me thinking someone was my friend. And then yeah. when the kids go, you don't have any friends, then I'm like, well, actually, you know, Jeffrey's my friend. And they're like, actually, Jeffrey tells us he doesn't even fucking like you. Eh. And that would yeah. happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. me thinking I have a friend and then finding out in various ways I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. Okay, good. And so what are the negative thoughts? There's, I'm afraid she's going to fall out of love with me. What else? Uh, it's, it's embarrassment that like, I thought that things are good in the relationship as good as they can be in a pandemic. Right. Uh, that I think things are good and that they're not. And that maybe she's withholding that information from me. Yeah. Cause right. obviously if she shared like things weren't good. I'd be like, well then, you know, I want to do the work that I can do to right. make it better. Right. So, right. Okay, good. So yeah, so and in talking about this, can you see how this is? um, I just kind of want to for the listeners just kind of give a perspective that I think is helpful, which is again, the mindfulness, which is like how our perspective, this is actually I'm giving kind of a spiritual piece right now, how our perception (laughs) is so powerful in how we see the world, right? So the perception that Billy is talking about is based on, it's almost like a kaleidoscope going back into grade school based on he's seeing the world and his relationship based on this younger part of him. Okay. So, and we all do this hundred percent. We all have our own perception that we see through our eyes based on all of our history, all of our experiences, all of our childhood. And so that's why it makes sense that we all have these different ways of seeing the world and relating with the world. So I want you to um, tap on the eyebrow point, which is right here, two inches below the eyebrow. Good. And just on one side. Good. And just repeat after me. 
So we're going to start the tapping now. Is that okay with you? Okay. Okay. So even, so I'm going to say a sentence, then you're going to say a sentence and repeat what I say. And then we're going to take a deep breath in through our nose and exhale out loud, letting everything go. And yeah, you may yawn, burp, cry. These are all ways that you're releasing negative toxic energy from the body. I'm not going to... Wouldn't be the first time I've cried on this show. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to... Um, I'll try to not go super deep because um, we're not in like a whole hour session. I'm going to try to do like a medium light to medium deepness. We're giving, we're giving of, listeners a teaser. Exactly. Exactly. Good. So tapping the eyebrow point. So even though a part of me is afraid of Megan falling in, falling out of love with me. Sorry, even though I am afraid of Megan falling out of love with me. Perfect. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Good. Deep breath. <sighs> Good. Tapping on the temples on the side of the head. Even though um, I'm afraid that I think things are going well, but maybe they're not. Even though I'm afraid I think things are going well, though they're not. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. Good. Deep breath. <sighs> Good. Tapping on the sinuses. I'm open to the possibility. I'm open to the possibility. That things are going well in my relationship. That things are going well in my relationship. Tapping under the nose. And that I can feel calm, safe, and secure. And that I can feel calm, safe, and secure. Good. Tapping on the chin. Deep breath in through the nose. <sighs> Tapping on the chest. I'm open to the possibility. I'm open to the possibility. That I am deeply lovable. That I am deeply lovable. And more than enough. And more than enough. And that there's nothing wrong with me. And that there's nothing wrong with me. Good. Deep breath into that. <sighs> Letting yourself feel that tapping on the top of the ribs by the bra line if you had one. Good. Um, even though in grade school, I thought someone was my friend, but they actually weren't. Even though I thought in grade school that someone was my friend, even though they weren't. And they didn't like me. And they didn't like me. And that was painful. And that was painful. I love and accept myself fully. I love and accept myself fully. Good. Deep breath. <sighs> Good. Tapping on the side of the wrists. I'm open to the possibility. I'm open to the possibility. That I can trust that Megan loves me, cares about me, and likes me. I can trust that Megan loves me, trusts me, cares, 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 about, cares me about me, and likes me. And likes me. Good. Deep breath. <sighs> Tapping on the side of the next finger on the thumb, closest to the fingernail. I'm open to the possibility that I can trust that she cares about me, likes me, and loves me. I'm open to the possibility that she loves me, cares about me, and likes me. 
and likes me. Good. Deep breath into your body. <sighs> Good. Tapping on the side of the next finger, closest to the fingernail. All of creation is supporting me in this. All of creation is supporting me in this. All of creation has my back around this. All of creation has my back around this. I am loved and I am supported. I am loved and I am supported. Tapping on the side of the next finger. I am more than enough. I am more than enough. Tapping on the karate shot point. And I um, am and I'm becoming more secure every day. And I'm becoming more secure every day. I'm becoming more secure in myself and trusting my own deep sense of worthiness. And I'm trusting in myself and my own, my deep sense of worthiness. Good. Deep breath. (sighs) Good. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to go into a memory of when you were, um, when you were in grade school and you didn't, and you thought someone was your friend, but they weren't, they weren't. And I want you to just notice the colors, the feelings, the sensations, and really connecting in with those colors, really connecting in with how you felt in that moment. When you found that out, what was, what was Billy really feeling? Young Billy really feeling in that moment. And just take a deep breath into that. (sighs) Relaxing into the feeling and acknowledging how you were feeling. And just tell me how you were feeling. I was feeling abandoned. Good. So I want you to just really let yourself acknowledge that and just take a deep breath into that. Relaxing into those feelings. Good. And I want you to now bring someone into the memory, someone from your life now, or someone from your life then that could have given you whatever you needed. So connect in with what it was that you really needed in that moment. What did you need? Maybe words of affirmation or affection or a hug or presence, whatever it was that you needed. I want you to bring someone into the memory now to give you whatever it was that you really needed. And I want you to just see that person coming in and giving you whatever it was that you really needed. Good. So I want you to just see them coming in and giving you whatever it was that you needed, really seeing them giving you that and just take a deep breath into that, really receiving that in every single cell in your body. Good. And I want you to now just tap on your chest and just take a deep breath in, taking that in even more. Good. And just repeating after me, I am deeply loved. I am deeply loved. Deeply supported. Deeply supported. More than enough. More than enough. And I can trust that others like me, love me, and care about me. And trust that others like me, love me, and care about me. Good. Deep breath. (sighs) I allow myself to trust that now. 
I allow myself to trust that now. Good. And tapping on the eyebrow point. I am integrating this naturally and spontaneously. I am integrating this naturally and spontaneously. Tapping on the temples. All of creation is supporting me in this. All of creation is supporting me in this. Bringing your hands to your thighs, closing your, keeping your eyes closed, allowing what no longer serves to float down into the earth to be composted. Whatever needs to stay to stay, allowing beautiful golden divine light, energy, oxygen from above to fill every single cell in your body, healing, clearing, releasing. Anchoring this deep sense of safety, trust, and love, deep, deep lovability inside, deep worthiness inside, deep trusting in yourself and others. Love for you. Whenever you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes coming back. And just telling me how you're feeling and how that was for you. So what I don't like about the woo-woo shit <laughs> is that like there's something about it that works. I feel like they're emotional magic tricks, but they work because uh, I'm like in uh, I have a you can't see me feet people, but uh, I am in like a full teary faced. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. It's beautiful. I felt. That felt nice. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was unpleasant at times. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That, that that's five minutes of it. Fuck. I don't know how I do an hour because that I feel I feel emotionally drained. I'm, yeah. I was like, I need a cuddle and a glass of water. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I love that you're connecting with your needs. Uh, exactly. So yeah, water is actually key for integrating what we just did. So drinking water is really helpful. Taking a bath, writing in your journal, getting a hug, all of that is fantastic. Like Megwin did like uh we did on air like a brief thing. We did a salt. She likes using some sort of a salt thing and like oh. we were rubbing salt on my temple. And then when we were done, I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, that made me feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to work, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love what you said. Emotional magic tricks. Nobody has ever used those three words together and I'm <laughs> loving that. I, I do emotional magic tricks. Is, um, now, was that EFT? Were those EFTs? Yes. So we just did EFT tapping. Yep, hundred percent. So oh. yeah. So that 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 was really. Um, so yeah, just and just to integrate the work, you know, I would recommend, and this is for everyone who had this kind of experience, because there's a lot of people who had that experience growing up. Um, writing down. Um, an affirmation, which would be, I always give my clients affirmations after the tapping. So like, I can trust that others like me and love me and yeah, I can trust that it could be, I can trust that my girlfriend likes me and loves me, or it could be, I can trust that others like me and love me. 
and I'm more than enough. I think that would be a perfect one for you. Just to I'm say writing that. Writing on the bottom of your 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 notes page. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, saying that every day will just help anchor the deep experience that we had today, which is really powerful to just anchor it even more. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> how does it's hard. so? So what yeah. what is what is somatic healing? If you had to, so if you were at a bar with someone and uh, you know three four <laughs> times, and uh, they're like, "What's what's somatic? Yeah, what what is that? Uh, how yeah, would you describe it? I wish. Don't we all miss? Just I mean, I didn't even like. By the bar. way, it got I crazy dark in your. I know. Uh, wherever you I, are. <laughs> I can turn on the light. Um, uh, yeah, I used to not even like bars, but now that sounds amazing. Um, so I would say the, um, the somatic healing is, um, working with the mind body, working with the mind body interface to do healing on the psyche. So it's somatic means first person experience of the body. So that's why with somatic healing work, somatic coaching or somatic psychotherapy, we're always working with the felt felt per first person felt experience the sensations the feelings the thoughts that are, reside in both the mind and the body so masturbation is somatic yeah definitely ah. first person experience of the body right orgasms that was the could first be, thing i thought of I orgasms like, oh. could be a first ex person experience of the body pleasure could be a first person experience of the body. pain yeah exactly and so doing work like that, you know, it's, it, uh, again, I mean, this, this is with like a lot of different types, whatever types of therapies, whatever the issue is, mm -hmm. like you go to therapy, you say like, I have a gambling problem. I don't know. I'm pulling this out of thin air. Uh, <laughs> I go to, I say, doc, I got a gambling problem. And they're like, okay, let's talk about your father. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I got a gambling problem. We got to do that. And it's like, no, 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 we got to talk about that. And, uh, and then I, and then by the end, oh, ideally by the end of talking about that, maybe the gambling problem is not as much a problem. Uh, or it, it's kind of, it seems like you're like we don't have to focus on how much you're texting or not texting or yeah. what is being said like that's pragmatic but it sounds like you're like we got to do this inner work yes before we can ever heal the other yeah that, that yeah and just to be clear I'm a coach even though I have my background in as a therapist so I work with my sure, clients sure. I, I 100 yeah, yeah, coaching I, I was calling like but yes you're right the yeah. deep when it's almost like a if it's almost like if you think about a um a hand knit, you know, cloth or whatever. It's like, there's a string that's going through all the knitting or the, yeah. And then you want to pull the string out and the whole thing kind of dissolves. And so we, the, you know, maybe the surface of the cloth is all the surface symptoms, but we want to go deeper because the deeper work always is going to be much more effective. But I, I really do a combination. So I'm always, we're going deep, but we're also doing, you know, behavioral changes as well. For example, like, mm -hmm. you know, one behavioral or one more surface level thing might be, yeah, like I'm gonna go online 30 to 60 minutes a day because I really want to find my partner. So I help my clients do those behavioral shifts because sometimes there's a lot of resistance they want a partner, but they don't want to actually, there may be resistance to actually moving forward. Well, Maya, that was fantastic. Thank you yeah. for, uh, for, for guiding me through that. Yeah. You're um, welcome. That was really fun. And uh, I guess the, uh, the last question I would have, mm -hmm. um, is let's say you're, you know, 
either you are a secure, you're mostly secure attachment style. Let's just even say you were like 95% secure attachment style yeah. or, or you're like me and maybe you're trying to work your way to secure. When you get to secure, are you like, are you just done now? Uh, I would say, you mean with personal growth? Or, uh, well, yeah, or what or like do you within, mean? With like, uh, within a relation, I just thought of the idea, the concept of like, you know, we're talking about attachment theories. Like you say, there's these, you describe these four. One of them sounds like the quote unquote ideal one. So it's like, oh, well, when you get there, like, is the work done? Or uh, do you, is it important to continue doing work to maintain? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say, um, Hmm. Nobody's ever asked me that. That's a really good question. Ideally, it's integrated. So it sticks and you don't have to keep doing as much of the work. Um, so the more integrated it is in your system, the more you don't have to keep doing the things. So that's kind of the piece is if it's really integrated, then you won't have to be doing as many of the things that you were doing to create that experience. In term, you know, I believe in personal and spiritual growth. So in my opinion, the more you get, you know, secure, the more you can go more into, you know, spiritual states of consciousness and awakening and have that experience where you're actually more in a awakened state. So I think, you know, it's very hard if you haven't if you're super insecure, I would recommend first focusing on the attachment work because that's going to help you then go into those spiritual states from a really, I mean, you can actually, you can totally work on both at the same time, but I just, I see a lot of people, you know, in the, in my community where sometimes in the Bay area where they only do the spiritual work and not the psychological work <laughs> and that cre- a little too much of the spiritual right work. <laughs> and that creates a split in the psyche and there's not enough integration and grounding in the psyche and so there's not an integrated evolved conscious human there's a these conscious parts but then there's also these split off parts so we really want to be integrated conscious evolved humans in my opinion actualized humans Fantastic. Well, Maya, this was fabulous. Awesome. This, uh, I, you know, I came in not knowing what I, what to expect, and I'm so I'm so thrilled. Uh, this was great. Maya, so where can people go to learn more about your work? Uh, you all, you do a podcast yourself. Yes. Um, yeah, totally. So yeah, my podcast is Rewire Your Attachment Style, and you can find that anywhere where podcasts are. And then if you're interested in working with me, the best thing to do is go to empowerlove.us forward slash love. And there's a link for women and a link for men. And that will get you into um, my free webinar. And then you can also book a free love breakthrough session with me or a member of my team to see if you're a good fit for the program that I have that really focuses on deeply healing your attachment style and helping you with all the tools you need to find a healthy relationship. So we do both in the program, which really increases your self-confidence in people, you know, they're just so in love with themselves by the end of the program that the relationship that they've found is just the icing on the, is just like an extra thing, right? So imagine that there's just so much deep self-love, so much overflowing with sense of security and confidence. That relationship is just an added plus instead of like the most important thing. 
Yeah. Oh, well, that is great, folks. Uh, definitely go check that out. I, I'm definitely going to have to go uh, scroll through some of your episodes on uh, on Rewire. Mm, and, yes. uh, uh Well, Maya, uh, thanks again so much. And uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. So wonderful to be here, Billy. Thank you so much. And so wonderful. I hope everyone got a lot out of this. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Ooh, what did y'all think of that? anyone else cry was it just me who cried that's okay you know it's all right i i'm i feel i feel comfortable with that (laughs) uh i would love i'd feel more comfortable if i knew what you thought about this week's episode which you can share on our brand new discord server the champagne room come on by there's a whole channel just for episode 361 and you can share with other fan whores what you thought what you didn't like questions you would have had Throw them all in there. Uh, go to manwhorepod.com slash discord or click the link in the show notes to join us today. You can also always send me you know, something privately. Maybe it's super long. Maybe it's a little personal. You just want to share it with yours truly. You can send me an email with your comments, your questions, your criticisms to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Oh, folks, uh, it's about to get saucy. This weekend, I am posting a video, a video of me getting a delicious blowjob from Brenna from Front Porch Swingers. Oh, where am I posting it? Well, of course, I'm posting it on my OnlyFans. Yes, is free to follow my OnlyFans. uh, And it just costs a little bit extra to to watch Brenna slurp it all down. Uh, And you can go check out all my lewds and thirst traps at OnlyFans.com slash Billy. And I've yeah, I've got all the other boring social media. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at the Billy Prasita. I'm on Instagram at Billy is Prasita. And you gotta spell that whole sucker out because I am still shadow banned. And if you want some dank sex positive memes and news, go smash that like button on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. Facebook, we're still using it, then I still got a page. Last but certainly not least, especially in this holiday season, folks. I'm working hard for you. I haven't missed a Wednesday yet. Keeping the audio quality good and high key. Is high key even a fucking phrase? What did I just say? Folks, I'm working hard for you. And if you appreciate it in what I do, I'd appreciate if you can find some space for me in your budget. You can support the Man Whore Podcast and receive a slew of great rewards, including behind-the-scenes content, bonus episodes. Uh, we've got our man monthly Man Whore Munch next Wednesday. And you get to enjoy knowing that you help and keep a roof over Billy's head. Become a member today and support the pod that you love at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Uh, next week, I've got on comedian Jamie Kilstein. Ooh, this is a, that's, it's a nervous one, folks. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think those conversations are important to have. And, uh. I am nervously excited to share it with y'all. So until next week, stay slutty. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a Man Whore podcast discount on any of their products with promo code BILLY40 at MotorBunny.com.